25. Good job singing this morning, Isaac. I saw you, man. You're praising the Lord. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not saying it because I haven't saw you sing before, but I think you being in the front right here, you're, and, uh, you're right in my line of sight. So I particularly notice you. Um, uh, Sharon needs to do, needed to do a little better job, but he's in. First Timothy chapter five, we're going to read one verse here. Verse number 14, we'll pray, uh, we'll read, we'll pray, and you may be seated here. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 14, uh, Paul tells Timothy here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course, um, this is God's instructions that he wants us to have. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd be glorified this morning in everything that's said and done. Lord, thank you for our mothers. I pray that there'd be an extra blessing uh, upon them, for them today. I pray that uh, you would help us to be gracious and, and uh, reciprocate love and, and uh, appreciation to them as they do for us, uh, Lord. And I, I just pray that you'd work in us and through us this morning. Uh, would you speak to our hearts, Lord? Fill me with thy Holy Spirit. I need you. And uh, would you be glorified in all things? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I've often contemplated uh, this passage here and the instruction that's given in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 14 here in particular. Um, it, is, it is instruction to... To widows, though, taking it in context, uh, younger widows in particular, the instruction is given to, but I believe it's applicable to all mothers, uh, period, uh, as far as uh, what we're going to look at. One, one particular phrase here is what I want to focus on, and uh, we read this morning where Paul says to Timothy that women ought to be, uh, they ought to guide the house. They ought to guide the house. Uh, there is so much that is in there. We're going to try to try to tackle it here uh, this morning, uh, but uh, we're going to we're going to get some key points here that I believe uh, Lord would have us uh, to see. But uh, this most descriptive phrase carries a powerful responsibility, very powerful responsibility. I'm over, I'm overwhelmed and I'm in awe of mothers that I have known who fulfilled uh, this role that God has given them so beautifully, uh, so powerfully, so effectively, and it entails more than a man can do, by the way. Uh, mother's love, this, this idea of a mother as a guide for the home. Now, I believe in the importance, I believe it's important uh, for men to be involved in homes, and I, I think one of, the, one, of the, one of the just astounding statistics that there is in society a lot of the folks that are in prison, a lot of people that are in jail and prison, um, there's a high percentage, I forget it off the top of my head, but it's just very large. The majority of them uh, come from uh, homes where there is no father present. And so, uh, But we're not going to focus on that this morning. We're going to focus on the importance of a mother and, 
and Mother the Guide in particular. I believe in the importance of fathers, but there's a certain role that God created for mothers that only they can uniquely fulfill. And we are going to examine this idea of mother as a guide, mother as a guide. And again, I don't have a fancy outline, but it certainly, if you're in the habit of taking notes, we make a a bulletin where there is um, room on the back that you could take notes and and we're going we're gonna to pick this verse apart here, verse number 14. Mother is a guide means that, number one, she is a conductor. She is a conductor. When you think of conductor, I want you to think of this. I want you to think of uh, an electric pole, or I want you to think of uh, an electric current. And, and there are conductors that help facilitate that current of electricity, that current of, of energy. When I think of conductor, I think of, Choo-choo, you know what I mean? Uh, a train conductor, uh, somebody that steers and uh, guides that locomotive into the right and proper direction uh, to its proper destination as well, safely. And so first and foremost, a mother is assigned by God to conduct her children into the sheepfold of God. That means, I want to say, first and foremost, a, a Christian mother... The primary responsibility is to point their children, to point her child to Jesus. Conduct her, conduct them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. It's all, it's all of, uh, of utter uh, uh, failure and uh, no value if we don't point our children to Jesus. First and foremost, a mother is assigned by God to conduct her children into the sheepfold of God. I think of Moses. Of course, Moses wasn't a, not Moses, I think of uh, uh, Noah. Noah, of course, he was the father, uh, but Noah saw to it that all of his family, all of his children got on the boat there. He saw to it that they got saved. And I believe with all my heart that he had a good woman uh, that was there alongside with him and encouraging him. I'm sure that there was days when he was wondering, what am I doing here? God called me to build this ship, this ark here, and it's never rained before. But I believe he had a, a woman that stood by his side and, and she helped him. She was a conductor. The word, uh, uh, the, the word guide is translated in, uh, in different words, in different passages, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 14, it has, the broad, it has a very broad definition. And as a matter of fact, this whole message is defining uh, that word, that phrase here. Uh, but one of the definitions in which it has is from the Greek word ago, which is translated to bring or to bring along. In uh, John chapter 10, verse 16, it's the word leadeth. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, it's the word bringing, bringing along. And in all three instances, it has to do with God guiding sinners into salvation and ultimately uh, to glory uh, with him. It has the idea of coming along. Let me point you to Jesus, son. Come along here. Let me, let me point you. Uh, I love you so much as your mother. I love you so much as your father, children. But God is so much more than I am. And I need to see the importance, importance of pointing uh, my children to God. That's the idea here of mother as a guide. From the usage of this word, we see that mothers can become one of God's chief recruiters for the kingdom of God. 
Billy Sunday said this. He says, the last thing you can take from a boy is that which he learned at his mother's knee. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Let's turn there. 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 5. We're turning over a few pages here. 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, I, I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. The word unfeigned, it means this. It means genuine. It means sincere. And so Paul is writing to Timothy. And Paul is he's, uh, he's giving this, uh, uh, this statement here that he noticed the faith of his grandmother he noticed the faith of his grandmother first, and then he noticed the faith of his mother, Eunice, his mother, his, his grandmother, uh, Eunice, his mother, Lois. I got him backwards there. Lois and Eunice. But the unfeigned, it means genuine. It means sincere. Even as mothers naturally see their child's physical needs, they see to that. A Christian mother gives her children the sincere milk of the word. There's an importance there in pointing our, our children uh, to, uh, to Christ, yes, but then to the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby, teaching them spiritual lessons along the way, teaching them, uh, pointing them to God in all things. I love Christian education, and my wife has a secondary ed degree, and uh, she's told me some of the lessons as, uh, as uh, she was taught by her teacher how to look for, look for God in all things as you're trying to communicate the truth of God's word in, in everything. Uh, Christian education is found in math. Christian education is found in, uh, in, in reading. Christian education is found in science. It's not just categorized Christian education over here and then uh, secular education over here. It's all intertwined. And I don't have any, any uh, wonderful il illustrations about it, but... But uh, I see her do that every day in the lives of, of her boys, how she points them to the Lord in her different instructions, in her different training. And I'm, I'm encouraged to do that as well. Solomon admonishes his sons in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. He says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, the Bible says this, uh, God says this, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. I know it says here the law of thy mother, but the impression that I get here, yes, a, a father is a powerful figure and influence in a, in a, in a, in a child's life, but I get the idea that, that uh, maybe dad lays down the law and mom kind of enforces the law somewhat here. What's the ultimate goal of the law? Of course, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, the Bible says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster uh, to, to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. So not just about laying down the law, but the law is to bring us to Jesus. The law is so that we can see where our problems lie, so that we can see that we've fallen short and that we need Jesus. And so number one, the mother, the guide, I see a conductor here. As a mother understands her assignment from God, she likewise conducts herself in a most holy manner. Proverbs 31, verse 10. You've heard of, of a Proverbs 31 woman. 
If you haven't, I encourage you to, to read Proverbs chapter 31, and it's a description that God gives of, of, uh, of, uh, of a godly Christian uh, lady. Proverbs 31 verse 10 says this, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. She is priceless in her virtue. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 1, it admonishes the women to be as holy women of old. Uh, in the same way, the Bible says in Proverbs 31, verse 21, it says, she is not afraid of the snow uh, for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. I think there's some symbolism there when it says all of her household is clothed in scarlet. What is that, what is that symbolism of that scarlet there? Well, I think, I think it's safe to say we can point to the fact that she sees to it that she points her children to Jesus. It's not that she dresses her children up in a bunch of red cloth, clothing, but she has a desire to point her children to Jesus. The godly mother will live in such a way, such a witness, and pray in such a way that her children are covered by the blood of Jesus. Number two, mother as a guide, it means that she is a corrector means that she is a corrector. Turn your Bible, um, um, Randall, to uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter, where are we, 5, and then verse number 14. Mother as a corrector. We see, we see her as a conductor, but then we see her as a corrector. How many out there remember the times of correction from your mamas? How many, I mean vividly, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> correction. I, I remember some. I remember one in particular. It wasn't necessarily my mama. It was a friend's mama. And it was a neighbor and a friend's mom. And I spent a lot of time down the road there. We back and forth. My friend came to our house. And then I would go to my friend's house. Jason Page is his name. And he had a stepmom. Her name is uh, Ruby. And uh, I got in trouble a lot. But uh, we got in trouble together in occasions. But the Ruby, remember, Ruby Page... She had a wooden spoon and probably wasn't that big, but I feel like it was a, probably larger than it actually was when I was younger. But that spoon was used on me many times. She said, she wasn't your mom. She wasn't my mom, but she disciplined me like I was her kid. And when I did wrong, she'd come after. And uh, for a while, I thought that I had an indentation on my wrist here. She didn't care where that thing landed. We're not talking, okay, straighten up and you stick your bottom out and, and we're going to give you a proper switching. No, it was whatever she could hit with that wooden spoon. And uh, literally, I, I, I thought I still did, but I had an indentation on my wrist here where I caught that thing, uh, caught that wooden spoon with my hand. But, but, uh, but uh, I remember times of correction from mom. I remember times of correction from uh, my friend and, and his neighbor's mom with a wooden spoon. And, and, uh, but mom as a corrector. The word guide, it means this. It's also translated to lead by laying hold of. It was used in this sense in Matthew chapter 21, verse 7, Luke chapter 19, verse 35, Mark 11, verse 7. When it references uh, the, the way that a donkey is to be led, okay? Got the idea of leading a donkey along, and uh, what are donkeys known for? They're known for being stubborn, right? They're known for, uh, for rebelling, and uh, that, that word there, uh, mother as a guide, it's got the idea of that, to lead by laying hold of, to, to guide, to, to correct. 
And so like a farmer or like a rancher would break an animal, uh, the mother breaks the stubborn heart that is in need of taming oftentimes. Some of that said that, of course, the, the father is a picture of the, the father in the home, and, and I, I can see some of this here, but, and that also the Holy Spirit is a type or a, a picture of the mother in the home. And some have said that the father is the only one that, uh, the primary one that should do the correcting, but I beg to differ. The Bible says that the woman is the guide of the home. She is to be the guide of the home. And I think in the culture in which uh, the, the word of God was written uh, back in the day there, uh, the father would often be gone tending to his trade, tending to his responsibility, uh, bringing home the bread for the, for the household of the family. And the, the mother, the wife would often be at the home there tending to the, to the, uh, to the animals, to the or whatever it was that, uh, that there was to do, whatever the occupation was, and oftentimes with the children. And so she would have to be the corrector. She would have to be the instructor, the guide that, that uh, dad gave the law, but here you got to enforce the law. And so providing instruction and providing correction when necessary. And so God gives us great instruction regarding the correction and restraint of children. I want you to turn to Proverbs. We're going to see the majority, actually all of them, from, uh, from the book of Proverbs. Turn to Proverbs 13. We've got about one, two, three, four, five, six uh, references that I want you to uh, take note of here. God gives us instruction regarding correction and restraint of children. I don't believe this is specifically uh, for mothers necessarily. I think this is applicable for us fathers as well. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. <clears throat> But in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, God says this, He that spareth his rod hateth his son. That word rod there, it's translated from the word sebet, and it means a branch or a stick. We're not talking about, uh, I don't think anyway, we're not talking about thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We're not, I don't think we're talking about this type of a rod on the, on the back, but uh, no doubt I'm sure there were some that were abusive. Um, but it means, uh, the, word, the, the word, it means a branch or a stick. And it says, he that loveth him, be, uh, chasteneth him betimes. The word betimes, it's an old word with the meaning uh, before the usual or expected time. It means early on. It means, it means the chastening is, takes place uh, when that child is young, when it's just a little shoot. And it, it should be with our discipline that, that uh, we're disciplining in the, in the younger years and correcting in the younger years so that when they're getting older, we're, they're, there's not as much that needs to be done later on. We're, we're guiding them and we're molding them. Now, I'm no expert. You know, I, I've got four boys of my own. And, um, but uh, I believe in the word of God. I believe in the instruction of God's word. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18, look there, just turn a few pages over. Proverbs 19, verse number 18. The Bible tells us the benefit of early discipline. It says, chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Now, if you're like me, I've, I've got some that cry more than others, some that are more vocal and some that are uh, more... Uh, Uh, some that are, some that you think that, uh, man, they are, you think that we're killing them, but, uh, 
Uh, but the Bible says, let not thy soul spare for his crying. Notice young ladies in here, it's not saying much about the ladies. It's saying about the boys. Well, it's applicable to you as well. But anyway, Proverbs 22, Proverbs 22, look at verse number 15. The Bible tells us regarding correction. It says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it Far from him. I have a friend, a Christian friend that I uh, uh, went to Bible college with, and he's got, I want to say, uh, I forget now, seven or eight in his family. And we were discussing discipline and correction with our kids. Of course, we love them, Christian discipline, and this idea of this rod. And he had come up with a, he had had a rod that he made. And uh, of course, you want to discipline not out of anger. Um, not fleshly, and to make sure that the instruction is given properly. He said that he would use the rod on occasions when he needed to, and he would he would he would use it, and then and then throw it down. It's like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it because I have to, not because I enjoy this. And I, I like that mentality that he had there as far as the correction of his child. Proverbs 29 verse 17. Turn there. Turn over just a little bit. Verse 17, it says, Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Turn back to Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23. It says in verse 13, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod... He shall not die. Now, that how many of you like that word beat us there? Any young people like that? No, probably not. Uh, my, my, uh, I have a missionary friend in Mexico who's talking about, we're talking about uh, the discipline of our children, and, and uh, he, he had a word for the discipline uh, for when he would uh, discipline his, he has a, uh, I think he has three daughters and two boys, and a godly man, um, great, great guy, Beautiful family talked about how he had code word for uh, the the discipline and it was called pow pow, and when he was getting a spanking, it would called pow pow, and uh, so his son learned that he was going to get a spanking and he was going into the some room, uh, public place, no pow pow, no pow pow, dad, no pow pow, and and just a little bit funny there, but uh, any how many have code words for the discipline of your in years none. Um, I guess we don't either, but uh, Proverbs 23, verse 13. Proverbs 29, uh, look at verse number 15. Turn back there a little bit. Proverbs 29, verse 15. The Bible says this. It says, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his, bringeth his mother to shame. Bringeth his mother to shame. Please understand these verses aren't a license to deal harshly uh, with children. And uh, there are other forms of discipline that ought to be incorporated in, in the training and the nurturing of our children here. Uh, but no doubt the Bible gives a specific instruction as well on how to deal uh, with, uh, with, with our children. And so um, uh, uh, it, it, certain forms of discipline should be used, not only spanking. And then when spanking is done, it must be done in love and not in vengeance, not out of anger. It ought to be done with compassion and kindness and, and done in such a way that it could never be interpreted as abusive like 
I was abused by my neighbor's mom. It's a joke, okay? Uh, kind of. Uh, and yes, if done correctly, it does hurt mom or dad more than it does the child. Mother as a guide means that she is a conductor. Mother as a guide means that she is a corrector. And mother as a guide, number three, it means that she is a comforter. And probably, probably we can relate to this more than, more than a lot of uh, these first two points here that we mentioned. But the word guide, it means uh, to continue. Uh, it continues in the definition to mean to lead by accompanying or to lead with oneself. Uh, Jesus said in uh, John 16, verse 13, he says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Uh, what is he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit of God. When Christ arose, he went to heaven, he says, I'm going to send another comforter, uh, the Holy Spirit of God. And those of us that have, are saved, we've got the Holy Spirit of God. We've received uh, the Comforter and so thankful for the Comforter. As we grieve maybe the loss of a loved one, we've got that Comforter, the, the Comforter of God uh, that, takes, uh, that we can take refuge in and solace in. And so this reference here, it was uh, in reference to the Holy Spirit of whom Jesus prophesied six verses earlier when he said in John 16, verse 7, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. There's an old saying, and, and uh, it goes like this. Since God couldn't be everywhere, he sent us mothers. I don't agree with that. Obviously, it's not doctrinally correct, but I, I get the premise there. I get the idea of mama's the comforter. You know, when I think of... Uh, when I think of uh, getting hurt when I was little, when I think of uh, uh, other people uh, when they need something or they're in desperation, and, and who do you call when you need something? I want my mommy, right? How many times have we heard that in our lives? And uh, maybe you haven't had a mother growing up. I think of my, my niece and my nephew and not having a, a mama uh, there. Their mama is departed in heaven. Uh, but I think of who do we turn to when we want comfort? Who do we turn to when we need solace? Who do we turn to when we need a Band-Aid on our boo-boo? Who is it that said that? Philip, maybe? Um, Sammy said that. I need a Band-Aid for my boo-boo. Um, we turn to Mama the Comforter. Jeremiah 23, verse 24 says this, talking about the omniscience, the omnipresence of God. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Saith the Lord, do not I fill heaven and the earth? Saith the Lord. God is everywhere. God is there when you need him. He is the comforter. But when you need that physical touch, we call our mamas. I do think it's safe to say, though, that a mother is a mighty vessel in the hand of God. And she's one of the Lord's best representatives on this earth. Moms are great comforters. I think as a general rule, uh, a child's first choice when they're hurting is mom. I definitely, that's proof positive in my household. Kyler falls down, crunches his hand. He's, he's gripping a toy or something, falls down and bangs his hand on the, on the ground, the concrete or something, and he doesn't stand up. And actually, he does. He calls me mama all the time. He doesn't know any better. 
<laughs> Some of you have noticed that. Mommy, he'll see me, and mommy, he, he uh, and he calls her mommy too. We're both mommies. And so I say, no, I'm not your mommy. I'm daddy, daddy. Uh, he's the only one that's ever done that, and it's, it drives me nuts. Hopefully, pray that he grows out of it. Pray that I'm not mommy for the rest of his life. Okay? Um, that wasn't a good example, good illustration. But our moms are our first choice uh, when we need that comfort. And so I think if there's a, there's a comedy show, and uh, one of the, as it's uh, the intro into the show, it's, I want my mommy! But uh, she softens the blow and sometimes takes the hit that the kid would have received. Uh, NBA uh, player Kevin Durant, uh, who played for the Oklahoma Thunder, he played for, he now plays for the Brooklyn Nets. He was the 2014 most valuable player uh, in the NBA, but he played for the Warriors as well. Uh, but he said this, <clears throat> he, was once, uh, he was once identified as Mr unreliable but the times have changed and how does a young man come up with the title of mr mvp that go from mr unreliable to mr mvp and i believe it's found in the words of his acceptance speech that was directed to his mother wanda and in his acceptance speech he said this he says we weren't supposed to be here he's talking about him and his mom he grew up in a poor uh, broken home a single mother a single uh, parent family with his mom and uh, he said, we weren't supposed to be here. He said, you made us believe. You kept us off the street. You put clothes on our backs. You put food on the table. Uh, when you didn't eat, you made sure that we ate and you went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. You're the real MVP. He also said, I want to thank God for changing my life. He let me realize that what life is all about. Basketball is just a platform for me to inspire people, and I realized that. He went on to say in his reference to the Lord, you're the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. And I believe his testimony as well is that his mama took him to church. His mama pointed him to God. And I'd like to think that as a, uh, his mother as a conductor helped to shape his view of God. Finally, this morning, we see mother as a guide. We see mother as a conductor. We see mother as a corrector, mother as a comforter, mother as a constrainer. Mother as a constrainer. I don't mean this in the discipline sense, and uh, we'll see this here. But turn to, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And say amen when you get there. Second Corinthians 5 and verse number 14. It talks about this constraining grace, this constraining love here. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. The word constraineth, it means this. It comes from the, uh, it comes from the Greek, and, and it means this. I'm not going to say the Greek word, but it means this. The phrase means this to hold together and to hold completely. When I think about mother as a constrainer, how many have a mother figure in your life that's the matriarch of the family? 
seems that she held everything together. Well, I've had my grandpa passed away. I would consider him the patriarch of the family. Had an uncle that passed away two years ago now in, in Hawaii, and he was like the patriarch of the family. He, he brought everybody together. And there are mothers that do the same thing. They constrain. For the love of Christ constraineth us. And I know some have lost loved ones. Some have lost maybe that put her together. Maybe now your responsibility to take that role and to help bring it together, help hold it together, help constrain in the power of God. For some, it's been a male figure, I understand, and they, they, they seem to hold it all together. And, and, uh, but a Christian mother teaches her child to love Jesus with all of his or her heart. We come to terms with, when we come to terms with that love, we're changed forever. And this is what holds us together. This is what holds us completely. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he'll not depart from it. Listen, the mother isn't strong enough to hold us together or to hold us completely. I want to say this. There's no mom that's strong enough to do it on her own. There's no dad that's strong enough to do it on his own. We need the help and we need the power and the strength of God. We need to point God. God is the one that can do it, and we need him. God is the constrainer. And so Christ alone is the one who's got the power to do the constraining. There have been times when I've heard my wife say this to the boys and, and the idea of pointing to God. This is, this is not, I don't believe, directing them away from God, but, but acknowledging God in their lives. There have been times where they've disobeyed and they've done something wrong and they've maybe stubbed their toe shortly after or, or they've hurt themselves and You've heard me say this before. She said, that was a God spanking right there. And um, you know, I, 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 God isn't looking to, to punish you for every certain, uh, for, for everything. But when we come to him repentance and, and ask for forgiveness, he forgives and he forgets, the Bible says. Uh, but God desires to shape us and to point us and to constrain us together and, uh, and to, to go with us, go before us. And I've discovered that God's chastening hand is a loving hand that became a constraining hand. It's, it's firm, it's compassionate, and it's restraining for my good for him. And in closing here this morning and going back to the speech that was given by Kevin Durant, he said this. He said, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. I want to say this in closing. Thank you to our Christian mothers because it's not what, but rather who has brought us here. Thank my mom. Thank my grandma for her influence, for their influences in my life, for caring for me, for the discipline, for the constraining, for the conductors that they are, for the comforters that they've always been. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of a mom. Through Christ, it was you, dear mothers, who helped us along. I'd like to have every head bowed and every eye closed.
We have a time of invitation this morning. We've seen from this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 14, we've seen a mother, the guide, mother as a guide. I thank you for the, for the mothers in here that have taken that responsibility seriously. Thank you for the mothers in here that continue to take that responsibility seriously, even though it may not be your child, even with other children that you've taken the responsibility to love and care for. I think we have several in here uh, that care, and I think that's part of what a local church does. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, we've seen some of the important responsibilities of Mother the Guide, and with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning,